Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. I am your host, Katie Zaccardi, and I'm so excited to share today's episode with you all. My guest today is Jen Brown. Jen is a heart-based medicine woman who encourages spiritual expansion through connecting to inner wisdom and mother nature. She spent many years working internationally in the music industry before being called to pursue a path of healing that radically altered her life. Jen works one-on-one with clients and regularly hosts group gatherings in New York and in Pennsylvania. To learn more, visit her website, heartgrounding.com. And as always, I will have her website in the show notes so that you can just go right to it. Jen is amazing. And I do want to just give some background and preface before we hop into today's episode that we recorded this episode back in April. So we, at the end of it, start talking a little bit about astrology and what she says is still relevant and cool, but it it is talking about things that were happening back in April when we recorded. But it is kind of fitting because today or yesterday, I think, was a full moon. So still entering this new phase. We're still kind of um, releasing this podcast episode with a similar feeling that we had when we recorded it and kind of entering a new phase as we release this. And I think it's very fitting given the topic of discussion. So I hope that you find this episode useful. If you do, as usual, please share it with your friends, share it with anyone who you think might enjoy it, and share it on Instagram and tag me so that I can send you some love and get some feedback by hearing about what you guys in particular are loving from these episodes. So let's jump right in. Hey, Jen, and welcome to the Out To Be podcast. So you are a modern medicine woman, and you actually used to work in the music industry. I'd love to start by talking about your journey and how you got from being a music industry professional to now doing what you do. Yeah, thanks, Katie. If you can hear my cats in the background. I can. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so I started working in the music world at, a, at an early age. I was doing like, um, I forget what they call it, the, the fan club kind of thing for Asthmatic Kitty Records, the street team. It was a street team. Yeah. That I was on when I was 14 and just doing work since then. I was like on in radio and then doing um, more radio stuff during college. And uh, that was promotion and writing. And then after college, I was in management and booking. Actually, during college, I did booking too. But just a lot of different music industry work um, on the professional, like on the, on the side of helping the musician. Um, worked for labels, worked in distribution, worked in the U.S. and in Germany, did some work in the U.K. as well. And eventually, you know, as a lot of people have shared on your podcast and as, as you've shared with your own experiences, as we all know, like extreme work leads to burnout. And uh, I really experienced a severe burnout. And then a year that was really testing for me emotionally had a lot of a loss in my in my family and my friend circles and i just taken a new job in hamburg germany working for a music distributor over there so new new city and uh and i didn't know that many people and had all that stuff happen and didn't know how to deal with it we didn't have the right the right strategies and uh the right toolbox so so yeah, that led me into my holistic healing journey, into my into my self-healing journey. And then I was in that for a number of years before starting to help others. 
And that's, yeah, one thing led to the next. Uh, started with, with Buddhist Vipassana work and Kundalini yoga and studied energy healing as well as did a lot of relationship work, like um, healing from dysfunctional relationships, just across the board, a lot of deep, deep self work, uh, meditation retreats. And then it led me eventually to plant medicine and shamanism, which is my main focus now. That's the, the work I do and share now. And it's uh, brought a lot of reward, but I still do, I do sound, sound work. So I still incorporate music into, my, into the work that I have for myself and share with others. And that's been really rewarding. But yeah, it's a long, long story. We all have long stories and there's a lot more to, to say about that one, but that's the gist of it, I think. Yeah, you're right. Everyone's stories are long. I'd love to right? touch a little bit more on that burnout part of your story though, because I think that is an important part that, like you said, a lot of us go through or are trying to avoid. So how did you know that you were in a place of burnout? And did you know while it was happening or do you now know just in retrospect that looking back at that period of your life, you were really overworking, you were feeling maybe anxious or you know, however you're feeling, I don't wanna put words in your mouth, but how did you know that it was burnout and that that was kind of a turning point that you had to come back from? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's a, I know it's a good question because it's something we all need to be aware of, like that listening to our bodies. Um, But I had just hit wall after wall in my work. It was that feeling of like, I'm taking so much on and that, and this isn't enough somehow. And um, I just felt really depleted energetically. And I wasn't aware, you know, so not aware of, of my own needs and how I could truly meet them just really out of touch with my body uh going to so many shows on the regular drinking regularly a lot not eating well doing the the coffee in the morning and the alcohol at night thing that just is really hard on anyone's system and I, I had this thought like that I was invincible and then um you know doing that over a number of years pays a toll on anyone so just really my body reminding me and my hormones being out of whack and using birth control to just cover all that up. But meanwhile, like really suffering inside and, and gut issues that later showed them. So, you know, it all shows up eventually in one way or another. Right. So it's just a matter of when we actually, when we become aware and then when we choose to do something about it, but yeah, burnout is that, is that feeling of true burnout physically and mentally, mentally, emotionally, you know? So when you got to this point, you mentioned that you didn't really have the tools to do with it. What was that first thing that happened that led you into beginning your healing process and led you to begin being interested in the work that you do now and then finally learning more about it beginning to actually do it? Yeah, uh, that would have been just going, being committed to regular yoga classes for me at the time. So I just was like, okay, I'm going to this gym and working out was great. But I noticed running and um, doing the weight stuff I was doing, I felt more anxious after after that. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, right? So <laughs> the, the, my body needed to wind down, mm-hmm. really. Um so it was like me committing to, I, I had the whole yoga schedule 
um, in front of me for this, this place I was going to in Hamburg. And I just said, all right, I'm going to, every yoga class I can make, I'm going to put into my calendar, set reminders, and I'll get to at least a few a week. And I ended up going to more than that. And it, that was my first step into, into coming back and, uh, into more energy. That's amazing. Do you remember what kind of yoga class in particular it was or why it really spoke to you so much? Yeah, I tried a, a handful of different ones, a few different teachers. Um, it was really about the teacher's energy, uh, most of all, but yeah, Hatha and Vinyasa classes and then the Kundalini classes that I started with that I ended up, I ended up training in Kundalini because they took me right back to my center and the teacher there was an incredible teacher of so much grace and being in his presence brought me back to myself. He had that ability uh, when he worked with people to bring them back to themselves to that degree. So yeah, that ultimately inspired me to uh, become a trained Kundalini yoga teacher. I didn't know that you were trained in Kundalini, I don't think. Do you still teach now? Yes. Yeah, I've been teaching. Uh, and I, it's, it's not as, you know, it's not like my main offering, but it, it has been a consistent thing. So yeah. Nice. I love, I love hearing people's stories too, especially those who are yoga teachers, hearing what originally got them interested in the practice. And I think for a lot of us, it comes from a place of needing deep healing and then finding yoga as a place where we can, at the very least, just sort of get away and find relaxation, which is so needed <laughs> every day in our lives. And it's such a good start to kickstart that healing process and kind of get us on the road to looking a little bit further into what we can do to heal. I know the same happened for me when I did my yoga teacher training that sort of like spiraled everything out from there to look further into my healing process and like how I was working on my mindset and, and right. basically everything, basically life <laughs> it really changed my outlook. Yeah. And I'd say like before, before that point, I had done a lot of work psychologically, like so many therapists, a lot of different types of Western therapy, but it didn't, uh, I couldn't get to get past like the place where I needed to go. So so at that point, I needed deeper healing, right? Like we are in different spaces throughout our lives and we need certain, we have, we have needs that arise at different points. And so that was interesting. Like until that point, um, different forms of therapy were enough for me when I was going through something. And so that was just like, that definitely was an invitation to go deeper and um, bring the body with me, right? Not forget about my my vessel, which was so important in that, exactly. in that process, right? Yeah, yeah, it's all connected. We can't just separate it out. Yeah. So that being said, I want to move in to talk a little bit more about what you do do. And part of what your work consists of is you do singing and empowerment work. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is, what that looks like, and why it's important? So it looks different for everyone. The voice work looks different for everyone. And um, when we look at vocal empowerment, for one person, it can be that they're afraid to speak up in meetings, or maybe it's a woman who's afraid to speak up around men. Um, and then for another person, they just feel like they can't sing at all. They don't trust their voice. They're afraid to sing what they'd really like to. And for another person, it's like, they, they feel they sing pretty well, they're pretty comfortable with it, but they'd like to become more comfortable. 
And so it's different um, for everyone, but really it's about first finding, like coming into the body and there are exercises for that to really ground and root ourselves. And then learning to sing through different parts of the body so that, um, so that we're fully integrated and embodied as we're sharing. Um, so a lot of it is like the process of helping people feel safe in their bodies and then sharing from that safety and projecting, we say like the ability to project um, is, is from our pow power source, really our navel point. And then also through the heart, really talking through the heart. So it's like that, that process. Um, but yeah, the, the work looks different for every single person, just depending on who it is. Right. Like that makes sense. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you can't treat every single person with the same system. Everyone is coming to you with a different problem and therefore may need a slightly different solution. What's one of the biggest blocks that you find that people have when they do come to you that you need to work through? They're afraid to speak their truth, afraid to own their stories. Wow. Why do you think that is? <laughs> because culturally, I'd say, you know, there's so much conditioning. There's so much fear conditioning. There's, um, there's not a culture that supports the grieving process. We're learning. We're all learning. and We're all opening to the difficult emotions more. But even recently, it was like good vibes only. It was, uh, you know, people bypassing, um, bypassing the hard stuff. And owning ourselves, speaking our truth is about, is about accepting, embracing all of it, embracing all of ourselves, right? Not leaving a part out. And so I think that's, that's tough for people. Yeah, I never really thought about it. You're right. It, it's been such a, like a good vibes only sort of movement happening. And I think that might be changing a little bit now. But it is hard with social media and just the way we tend to interact um, on a normal day-to-day -day basis with people that it, it gets way harder to dig deep and to go into those deeper topics and to talk about what we're actually struggling with on a personal level that's affecting our lives. We all often want to project on social media or just to friends and acquaintances that like everything's fine. We're like having a fun, living our best life, right? That's what they say. But more times than not, there's something going on way below the surface that we don't always get to tap into. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about this, you know, it's reminded me of like, if we can't own that space within ourselves, just we're not creating space for the other person. Like how, how often in our, in our encounters with people throughout the day, do we have someone where they really greet us with a warm presence where we feel like we can, we, we can truly engage and share ourselves fully. So few people actually have that ability to, sh to create that space for someone. Mm -hmm. And so and we can't do it for ourselves. We can't do it for another. So we, we just don't, we're not able to, to come out and, and be that person who we are. So yeah, it's about like creating that space for people. And I think it's true. Like even now I find myself having to work on just being a listener. You don't always have to provide people with the solution if they need to talk about something. You just need to be ears and let them voice what they're going through and almost just leave it at that. But providing that space and leaving, giving people that energy that you are willing to allow them to talk about it and be there for them without having to say much is so important. So true. The power of listening, like 
I did a conscious communicate. I've done some work, different courses on conscious communication, but I did one at the beginning of the year, a Kundalini course. And that was such a big part of it, creating that space of, we say space of zero of neutrality completely so that the person who's speaking feels like, Oh gosh, I'm, I'm being heard. And, and they can reach their own healing. Like just being listened to is a medicine in itself. So that's, that's really powerful. Yeah. Now I know you said, of course, the, what you do with each client, with each person looks different, but what does some of the techniques that you do use to work on this singing or, or vocal empowerment with people? Is it mindset work? Is it like the physical body of working on technique and breathing and things like that? What do you tend to focus on? Yeah. Um, well, so for example, if there's a bodily thing going on, if they, if they're speaking, if they, um, catch themselves triggered while they're speaking or they feel there's a block and we'll go through it, um, with mindfulness and bring them through a situation that's challenging. And if the person feels there's a difficulty in part of the body, a heaviness or a strong emotion, we feel into that. We'll actually sing and talk from that place. So whatever needs to come out, whatever messages, whatever it is, whatever sounds, it's like letting that place, letting the energy release, letting it come out, letting it be heard and felt. Um, and sometimes I'll bring in instruments to help with that release. And a drum is a really nice way of like, of, of just accompanying it. Um, they say a drum is like a mother's heartbeat. It's like this very safe grounding instrument um, that, that we can use. I've never heard that expression before, but I love it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's one example. It's interesting too, because it reminds me like in yoga, I remember I learned how we hold a lot of emotion in our hips. So when you tend to do like hip openers or hip opening exercises, people often find themselves getting very emotional because they're releasing that energy. So it seems like you're doing a similar thing, just finding where people are holding their emotion and allowing them to have a space to release it. And then from there, they're able to kind of take control of that emotion, take control of that space in their body and instead turn it around and use it as an empowering place. Totally. Yes. And it's not, it's never, um, I think this is so important to share, like in this work, it's never, I am empowering you. I'm healing you. It's giving that space for the person to, to figure it out, come into their bodies and empower themselves to let it out themselves um, and that is what it is. It's like connecting ourselves back to our power, taking back what we've given away. We all need some more of that. <laughs> we all need to take back our power, but it can be intimidating to figure out how to do that, why we may have lost the power in the first place, how to figure out how to get it back and feel comfortable in really taking it back and owning who we are, whatever our quote unquote baggage might be and just being able to live authentically with everything that we bring with us. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to move on to um, the sound healing that you do as well. I think that sound healing is very interesting and I'm curious what the benefits of using energy healing with sound is for a person who is looking for uh, to continue their healing process or maybe even start their healing process or is just simply curious about the process. Yeah, so we talk about everything being a vibration, everything being energy, and I know I've heard that on your podcast before, I know you're aware of that, 
and so, and I, I assume the listeners are, um, but the, if you're not, then there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so if everything is a vibration and we're using instruments, uh, mindfully, consciously as a healing instrument, then we're, we're creating a space where perhaps the vibration is pretty low and it's, it's not, it's not it hasn't had the air to breathe. It hasn't come up to the surface. It hasn't been released. Um, if there's grief, for example, in the heart, uh, and, and we have instruments that we're working with, we're, the idea is to like encourage that energy. We, we create this warmth with the sound to let that energy rise and transform into something else. So as that happens, like you're mentioning with the hips, um, an emotion might come up to the surface, like there might be intense sobbing because that has needed to happen. That has needed to be like that grief has needed to be processed. So, um, the sound supports the energy work. Say I'm, I'm giving someone Reiki at a certain, on a certain place in, in their body. After for, the, for those who are unfamiliar with Reiki, can you explain what that is? Yes. So, um, it is really just bringing in healing, energy like life force energy and all of us have it everything that's living has it um and it's just it's channeling it i i channel it from different sources and i i raise it in myself i have to be well i have to i have to have energy in order to give it and um it's just creating yeah it's like creating an opening in someone's energy field to let that energy in to let that light and that warmth in um so meanwhile they're they're bringing in that healing that healing energy is coming to them and then afterward to accompany that experience or before to lead into it um just depending on what's needed yeah bringing in the gong is is very healing bringing in the drum uh different singing bowls you know just creating that high vibration uh, it brings people into into trust. It brings people into their hearts. It's like a very angelic realm that we enter into when we work with some of the crystal singing bowls, for example. So it can just really help with the emotional support and release um, and the whole relaxation. Like our bodies can't heal unless we're fully relaxed, unless our parasympathetic ner nervous system can turn on. And so many people, you know, especially in the city, they're just busy, full schedules going from one thing to the next. Mind is not shutting off. They have insomnia. And so their bodies aren't relaxed enough to create that healing, to let it happen. So sound helps with that. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I mean, you're right, especially for the, I'm in New York personally, and it's very high strung <laughs> in its nature. Everyone, the energy is, is very intense and high paced, and it can be hard to take that break and like, really allow your body to calm down to even get into a state of processing i'm curious when you're doing reiki or when you're doing this sound healing um in any way that it might look like is there like talking going on are people are you talking with the people that you're working on or are they just like voicing things out loud or is it mostly just internal processing with the energy and the sound to assist with that does that make sense Yes. Yeah. Sometimes it's one way. Sometimes it's another. It depends. Like I get, I can tell when silence is needed, I feel it. And so I just, I, I accommodate that. Um, but other times there's like 
well, I, I will do a guided meditation. I'll often start with a guided meditation to help someone relax because a lot of people have difficulty with it naturally. So yeah. Um, but aside from that, sometimes I'll bring people into a, a visualization that's empowering or if they're releasing something, we can do like a cord cutting, um, which is just one way of letting go of stuff, of cutting it out of our energy field. And so I'll guide people through that. So it really just depends. Um, and sometimes like with shamanic journeying work, uh, guiding people to their power, their spirit animals, like that there's some guiding in that process. Um, so it just depends on what's needed. Again, it's like every situation's unique and it's me having to be open and um, in that neutrality enough to be able to sense into what's needed so that I can serve. Yeah. Now you briefly mentioned your work as a shaman. Can you tell us how you got into that work? Yes. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> thank you. Um, I'm just excited to share. Uh, and it's also, it's, it's new for me. So yeah. So I started working with plants. So I, I, you know, similar to you, I've, I've worked with different plants for my own healing, hormonal healing, wellness, um, for a number of years, it was it was through Chinese medicine initially, and then working with local local plants to support my my liver and my adrenals, for example. Um, but then I worked with some we call them master plant medicines. I went to Costa Rica and worked with ayahuasca in December of 2017. Um, very powerful medicine that brings us a ton of healing and shows us everything we don't want to see shows us uh, past lives, ancestral patterning, really deep stuff. Um, and after working with that for a while, I also had experiences with mushrooms and there was a lot of healing there. And I was shown a number of times my, my past lives, whether listeners want to believe this or not, um, it's just something when you see it, you know it's true. It's one of those things. And your whole being believes it. My past lives as a medicine woman. So um, I've, I've been shown what I've done before, the work I've done before, and what I can do now, the abilities I have now as a medicine woman or as a shaman. And it is, um, yeah, it's mind blowing. I didn't, I didn't, I'm, at no point was I like, I would like to be a shaman. I would like to do this work with you. None, that was never a thought. It was showing me like, you are this, like learn to accept it. That was the message. First of all, I think that past life stuff is so interesting. I've never had any sort of past life experience, but I personally do believe it. And I just think it's so interesting to hear about other people's experiences. Obviously, it's something, you know, a lot of people are either iffy about or are like, I'm in or I'm out. But either way, thank you for sharing that because it's very interesting to hear about it. And I think it's funny, actually, that you mentioned too, like, you were never like, oh, I kind of want to do this whole shaman thing. Because from what I've heard, and not that I have a lot of knowledge on the subject, but I feel like most people who I have heard talk about it are more so called to shamanism as opposed to like setting out to do it. So is that seems to be what happened for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think ideally if we're really doing the work, um, if we're really living in tune with our lives, we are receiving a calling and then following it. Like that's what is always happening. Even if it's on a subconscious level, but this was a very, like, my ego, egoically, it didn't feel like a cozy thing to go into at all. And I still, like, my my brother the other day was like, you believe in this stuff? 
And yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, but that's, so that's my own family. And there are so many voices of society, which are slowly shifting, but still are like, that's not real. That's not true. That's not okay. Like blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, it, it really was that kind of a, a thing that I was, I was called to. And I think that's how I, um, that's how I understand it for other people I know who do this work. Definitely like, wow, a calling and a, and a serious path, like a path to really, it's not an, not an easy, it's not a path for the faint of heart, I guess, is how we could say it. Yeah. Uh, your, your energy is so calming to me. And you bring up how, first of all, I feel like this whole episode has been, uh, you know, kind of on a theme of empowerment and taking back your power and being able to heal um, with everything that you may be going through or have gone through. So how do you deal with things when they come up that may other people may also find like taking their power away or they're not able to be empowered by other people judging them or they are feeling insecure about what they do for a living and not to compare shamanism to being a musician but I think even sometimes being a musician is a is a calling that other people don't understand they think there's no money in it they think it's kind of stupid they think it's not worth it so while a different struggle, it's actually, it, I think it might be kind of similar to what some listeners might be going through. So how do you take back your power when other people are judging you and you know that you're strong in what you're doing, but of course it can be intimidating when others are reflecting back negative things upon us. Wow. Yeah. Let's sit with that for a moment. <laughs> hmm. You know, I feel like that is something every human being has to learn if they're open to really like living life fully. Um, but definitely every woman I've ever met has to walk that path. Uh, every minority. So how do we, how do we do that? Um, I sense that it's different for everyone again. Like everyone's path is different. Every single person's path is different. So we have to find what works for us, what, what helps us. Um, and we have to be patient because the process is really, the process is truly full acceptance of ourselves. And that's a scary thing for, for everyone to some degree. I think, I think we're lying if we say yeah, I was born fully accepting myself, every part of myself, and I'm in my, like, it's so easy to come out of our power. Like, in the same way that the heart is so sensitive, it's so easy to close the heart. Mm -hmm. And so it's like just knowing, okay, this is not, this is not a, a personal process, this is, or this is a personal process, excuse me, but it's not something that only happens to me. Mm-hmm. So it's personal, but impersonal. And um, yeah, it's ultimately about like doing that deep diving, digging deep and um, <laughs> facing each part of ourselves and owning each one and going back and being with our, doing like the inner child work and being with ourselves when we, when we were five and then at seven and then at 10 and 13 and that time at 15 years old and especially like 13 to 18, those years, you know, those are, are such tough years for almost everyone. And it's like, if we don't befriend ourselves at those years, the things that we're not facing when they show up in other people, you know, whenever we get triggered and we're reminded of that, those vulnerable times, it's going to be tough. So it's like we befriend every single part of ourselves 
to such such a great extent. And then at, at some point, when things are happening on the outside, they just don't affect us in the same way because we've already loved ourselves in that place that like wants that, that, that wanted that love, that needed that approval. And it's just that process of like more love, more love, more awareness, more awareness, more healing. And then eventually we're, we're there. We've owned ourselves, we've mastered it. But it, I would say it doesn't happen alone. Getting community support is so, so important. It's like that is number one in today's world. So if people are listening and they feel like they don't have a healthy, a strong community around, like someone in the music industry who's just like, wow, I'm around people who are drinking all the time, treating their bodies really poorly, cheating on their partners. I'd say, well, you know, sister, brother, uh, like, let me help you out here. Let me be a community support for you because that's not, that environment is, is a, sounds kind of toxic. And I, I, it sounds like it's not helping you with the results you want to achieve with the love you're trying to create for yourself. Right. So there's so much to this process. Um, but there are small things we can do to come back into our power in the moment. And then there are things long-term it's like the whole, the whole process long-term that has to happen Mm -hmm. and it never stops. Like when we're older, like I have every, every teacher, it, it never stops. No one's perfect. Right. Yeah. There's so many good nuggets in there. I mean, part of it too is like you said, realizing who do we want to be and where are we on our journey and where are we trying to go? Like if you are content with what's happening now, then that's great. If you realize that the people around you aren't really serving you, then maybe you need to make a change there and find a different community who does support you. Maybe start slowly fading away from those people who aren't supportive. And sometimes that can be hard if it is family, but there's still boundaries that you can set with people so that they're not intruding on your space and like bringing that negative energy into your space when you don't want it. So that's such an important part. Such an important step to take is just simply acknowledging like, where are you now? Where do you want to be? And what's not serving you in your life right now? Exactly. Yeah. It's like these, these hard questions, the hard truths we have to ask and face. And we're getting, if, if we look at it astrologically, by the way, if anyone believes in that stuff, listening, <laughs> we're getting some really hard wake up calls right now, especially this moon cycle in particular. Glad you brought it up. And I want to hear what you have to say, because I had said something to my friend. I don't even remember what it was, but I was just like, oh, I think, you know, it was like last week. I was like, does anybody feel like on Wednesday, it was just like the end of the week and you don't want to do anything else forever? <laughs> and my friend was like, it's the moon. I'm like, all right, let's go. What's going on with the moon? So tell us what's going on with the moon. What's going on with astrology? Yeah. Well, so I'm just looking at last Wednesday where we were. Um, so we were going into the full moon and the full moon energy was really strong, but the new moon and uh, Aries that happened, that was April 5th. Um, that was just a, an extremely potent new moon that was like, if you're, if you're not letting this rebirth process happen, the rebirth from like going from the fall to winter and now into spring, like if you're not letting the stuff die, that's not working. Um, and you're not opening to the new, uh, then you, you better know. It's it was like, it was like a hard hit the the new moon but also like if you had done the work if you were letting like releasing and letting old patterns go it was like a welcome to this new space kind of thing um so it was depending on where people fall on the spectrum of like 
moving into their new self that they're being called into. It was one of those experiences. And then the full moon, so and then between the new and full moon, Saturn was doing some challenging things. We went into Jupiter in retrograde. Jupiter is a planet of expansion. It was in retrograde, so we were going into some contraction. So it was like we, we were shown what was possible with our new self and then contracting. And then the full moon comes again, and it was like, you, you want to do it, like move forward. And then there's the fear of moving forward and becoming bigger and expanding. There was just, it's like, it's massive right now, the invitations to expand. So, so yeah, the time is now. We grow or we don't. And <laughs> yeah. no, but it, it's really just a potent time to open to if people, if people are willing to open and change. That's so weird too, that you talk about the fifth, right? The fifth being a sort of a time of like death and rebirth. Massive. Yes. Because my grandfather passed away on April 3rd of this year. So it's just very emotional to think about that. Like I, I do think that I do follow astrology very loosely, basically when other people tell me stuff and I think it's interesting, but it's not something I know a lot about. Um, but it's so odd to me how you can kind of feel that stuff or like actually experience it and without knowing what's going on behind the scenes in the sky. (laughs) And then when that's brought to your attention, it feels so aligned with what you were going through. It's very, that is very emotional for me. Oh yeah. Well, I'm sorry to hear that about your grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. Loss is tough. Thank you. Yeah, but it is true. We need to pay attention to what's going on and we can, like this whole theme of the episode, we can take back <laughs> our power. We, we know what's going on in the stars. So how can we now, knowing this, choose to move forward and choose to be reborn into whoever we want to be in, like with whatever habits and mindset we want to move forward with? Yeah, and we can remember like the um, the decision to to be this other self happens in every moment, really. We can always choose not to react in our old way. We can always choose to pause and then react in a new way. And all we do is take a deep breath and, okay, I know what the old way would be and I'm gonna just go against the grain and try something different. Um, So that choice is always there, but right now it's just, we'd say like a big portal, a big invitation to do so. We have the energy working in our favor Um, and what you said is really true. Uh, we're we're becoming more sensitive, all of us vibrationally to the point where, you know, I can almost predict what's happening. If I know what the planet, what planet stands for, what we can almost predict about what's happening in the planets astrologically, because it is in an alignment with us. So I can say like, Oh, I'm feeling this today. And this was, uh, this energy was kind of coming and these fear thoughts we're lurking. Oh, okay. I, I think this might be happening up in the sky. And then we realize, oh yeah, like that's intuitive astrology and that is, that is what's happening. And we'll see that more and more, just everything is becoming more aligned. We're more aware of how we're all affecting each other, of how everything's flowing. And that's the nature of waking up that higher consciousness. Yeah. Awareness is such a huge, huge, huge part of it. If you're not aware, then it's so much harder to make a change. If you don't know what's going on, then how are you going to take the power back for it? So um, that's, yeah, I love, I love that. I love everything you just said really (laughs) resonates with me. And I think it's such an important message to get out there to people who may feel a little bit lost and they know they want to make a change. They don't really know where to start. They don't know how, you know, there's a lot of tools that we're given 
that we can use to our advantage. And once we know why things are happening, or at least just can tap into our bodies, our energy and our emotions, we don't have to be so afraid of it. Instead, we can just kind of look at it intuitively and say, okay, this makes sense. This is what's happening. It's okay. Like, what can I do to reset this or take space if I need to, or change the way I'm thinking about something and then move forward? Yeah, exactly. And that reminds me that, you know, the first step, whenever we're feeling stuck or like things are too much, which is a theme right now, like it's too much. Um, we're overwhelmed. Energy is too strong. The first step is, is awareness. So just being aware and choosing to feel all any and all of that stuff and um mindfully we'd go through and literally name like what is this thing i'm feeling oh it's uh, it's anger it's annoyance it's you know and just saying yes like creating space for it just beginning to feel that stuff doing it while taking a bath um while going on a walk like while being in nature allows us to actually feel and process and that's like the beginning step is is actually staying with our current uh, experience and letting ourselves feel those emotions. So yeah, that's what you mentioned, like actually going into that, being aware of it and, and letting ourselves be there is the first step to unwinding and detangling it all. I think that's such a nice place to end. And I love, we didn't really have like a idea or theme for this episode when we went into it, but I, I really love the way our conversation has evolved <laughs> to where it is now. And I hope that if, anyone out here is listening and resonating with any of this or struggling with um, empowerment in any area of their life or just resetting their mindset, their goals, their priorities, who's around them, their energy. There's a lot of good tools that you could take from this episode and just make one change today. Be a little bit more aware and changes will be made and you'll be really happy. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing at a time. Happen. Yes, one thing yeah. at a time. That's so good that you, that you say that. Cause it really is about like one thing, you know, it's the, it's the accumulation, right? So it, it, it grows and it changes over time. So, so well said, that's so important. Yeah. I'm, I, whenever people ask me like, how do I start a time management or self-care routine, especially when I go on other podcasts, that's a question I get a lot. And I always say it's one thing at a time, whatever you are trying to do in life, just take one small step. Mm -hmm. And then don't worry about the rest yet until you take that one step and then take the next step. <laughs> and there you are. Now you're two steps ahead. So it's one thing at a time. And in this instance, I think that as we were talking about just being aware is such an important first step to take. So I encourage you all to look at your awareness, see where you can be more aware in your life or see if you're maybe not being very aware at all and how just changing that can change your perception on things and and notice where you can make changes for the better. Thank you so much, Jen, for being on the podcast today. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Totally. Thank you, Katie. Where can we connect with you further? Yeah. So my work, uh, it's all under heart grounding. So like heart and grounding, and that's on Instagram. My website's heart grounding. I do work in Hudson, New York, upstate here primarily, but I also travel to the city and to Pennsylvania and elsewhere to share work. Um, I do one-on-one -on -one sessions online as well. So yeah, um, let's connect if you feel called, anyone who's listening. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Katie, for your time and your energy. I love talking with you today and have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Katie, too.